Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. I don't know. No, I'm not. Hey, dog speak geeks. It's we're here. I'm here. I'm here in America. Guess who's not in America? Me. <laughs> Me. Amanda is joining us from Ireland. Ireland. It's the only Irish word I can say. Ireland. I- Ireland. <laughs> Hi. She's been over there for like four freaking weeks. Yep. You're doing a lot of drinking. I mean, what else is there to do? pubs and pubs and more pubs yeah she's joining me because brett is out of town as well um so it's just kind of you know i'm just here hanging out by myself in the house myers and i brett and, and isabella have gone off camping there in north carolina and then she's got some work to do so Amanda is joining me from Ireland, six hours ahead. I'm having to do this in the morning. Really, it's lunchtime, but it's still morning to me. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it goes. So, Britt and I were going to do part two of our kind of Is Your Dog Trained? And I couldn't really come up with a good title for it because uh, we talked a little bit about myth and what they what people think your dog's supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, in order to be trained. Um, and then I made you listen to it um, as you're sitting in a pub. In Galway, uh, right? You're in Galway. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Galway. Sat in the pub yesterday. It was raining, so it was a perfect day for it. Sat oh my god! Night and just people watched while I listened to you in my ear, and I love it. I love it. So you had so you had some thoughts because I know that we've had the conversation before the di- the dogs how different they are in Ireland, mm-hmm. but uh, you had some thoughts from listening that. Uh, so instead of Britt and I finishing up, kind of. Our short list, what we had, I think that we'll probably end up covering it here. So uh, I'm going to let you just jump in and tell me your thoughts and we'll just go from there. Yeah, it's been interesting being here for an extended period of time. And I've had the opportunity to actually talk to locals and uh, see their input on the dogs here and like what makes the dogs here the way that they are. And there's kind of a consensus that for whatever reason, the dogs in Galway are unlike any dog population in the world. And it's not a specific breed. It's just how the lifestyle is here in Galway. And so it's just, I I started paying attention to, well, what might be different? How is the lifestyle different? How are, how do I see people interacting with their dogs? Um, And what does that look like? Um, because the dogs here are so neutral to everything. And we've had a couple encounters with little dogs that are reactive, like just yappy. And you're going <laughs> to, little dogs have, are the same everywhere. <laughs> you're always going to have that Jack Russell that yells at you. But, um, <laughs> but for the most part, the big respectful dogs, they're, they're just, chilling they're here hanging out they're having a good time they're just happy to be out and about and more than one time we've seen dogs just walking down the street no leash no no owner or so we thought and we're like (laughs) what is this why are dogs just like walking down are people not concerned well and there's a couple answers to that one of them is Oh no, like they'll go up and they'll wait for their owners and then they'll come or they'll come back or they're just, they already know the route. So they'll go check it out and come back and go forward and come back and go forward. So the owners are walking along their route from home from work and the dogs just knows the route. The other one is the, I was talking to a neighbor gal here and she 
said that one time her dog uh, almost got taken from her because they thought he was a feral dog. And the story behind that is every single day at three o'clock, the dog would leave the house, walk its way all the way into town. It's about a 15 minute walk, walk its way all the way into town, meet her at her shop, help her close up shop, go for a pint, and then they would both walk home together. So someone found this dog uh, without a collar leash on, and they put a leash on it. But she was like, okay, it's 3 o'clock. He's not here yet. It's 3.10. Okay, 3.15. It's really late. So she's like, maybe people are talking to him outside. I don't know. So she goes outside and sees a guy with a hurt. She's like, that's my dog. Take it off a lead. He's like, oh, no, it doesn't have any text. She goes, no, that's my dog. Well, why wasn't it on a lead? Because he was at home and he was coming to meet me. Because <laughs> we had a date. Yeah. It's what he does every day. It's my dog. So anyways, after an exchange, she decided, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll put a collar on it so you know it's not a feral dog. So so then it's that's a, another common thing. Then we're sitting at breakfast outside at a little cafe. And I see this really old dog just mosey up to our table. Not to beg, not to do anything. And then it just turned around and looked inside and then just sat right in front of the front door. And I'm talking, this is probably a Jack Russell mix. I mean, it was a tiny little um, squirrely haired dog. And we're like, this is definitely a street dog for sure. Like it wanted nothing to do with the people. It wanted nothing to do with anything. It didn't, it knew not to go into the restaurant. It was just sitting there. So we're like, this is weird. Pretty soon, man walks out, goes, and the dog, it's the man's dog. And they walk, and since, I've noticed them walk up the street every day to go get his coffee. The dog probably just sits outside because he knows not to come in the shop. And then they walk back. Not on a leash. Like, no, not. Looks like I'm moving. I'm moving. Y'all moving. (laughs) We're out of here. We're going to Ireland. We're all moving to Ireland. I'm like, what? Like, how do they get so neutral? And it has taken my off-leash anxiety with Clark completely away because we can go Good. up to the field and I don't have to worry about dogs rushing him. And I'm like, that's really the only reason I have the long lead on him anymore when we're out playing fetch in a new area because if I see a dog coming, I want to make sure that he's following me and we are running the other way. I don't want to be rushed. We've never had that issue here. The dog's... If they're not, they're not trained, they're on a leash. If they're off, awfully strained, they don't care about anything except their owner. And then it got me to thinking, like, what is it about America? And I was like, I think in America, we get our dogs and we think, oh, dogs are pack animals. Dogs need friends. And then we start humanizing them. Oh, well, my dog is an only dog, so he needs to go to daycare. He needs to have friends. I need to take him to the dog park to wear out the energy. I need to do this. with It's like, so now you're putting that dog socialization drive into the dog every single day. And so, of course, they're going to get excited. Of course, they're going to want to go up and greet other dogs because that's what they do multiple times a week is they just go into a big group of dogs. And so it's just... I think here they treat their dogs more like dogs or they still treat them like dogs. Cause most of these people are probably a couple generations, if not a generation off of the farm dogs. Mm. Yeah. So, which by the way, I did see a dog cross a road by itself. It's just, it's just fucking amazing. Isn't it? This dog literally looked both ways. Yeah. It's amazing. Started to go and then was like, Oh, nope. And then, oh. Off to the side and then went. After the that car, car was coming faster than I thought. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? But they, they do, they still treat their dogs like dogs. And and there was one comment that um, you had made in that past podcast about uh, the old alpha dominance theory. And I was having a conversation with another local about well, don't you think dogs need an alpha? And I was like, I think the dogs here have proven that that's long gone. We've been breeding dogs 
for companionship for so long. Maybe back in the day when it was three generations off a wolf, yeah, you still needed an alpha. but Which was usually another dog in the pack. Right. It wasn't even the human. And, and I was like, honestly, I think there's a disconnect as far as being alpha comes when you're talking about a human-dog relationship. You can't alpha another species. It's no, and that's why we that's why we want to talk about like being that upper management, right? Being that tour yeah. guide. And it's like the tour guides over in Ireland are like, hey, this is our lifestyle and this is what you know, this is how we live here. And then tour guides in America, this is how we live here, this is what we do. And I think that one of the things that we focus on too much, and I'm starting to really change my thought process on this, and and again, this is part of kind of the the episode that Britt and I started of what have I changed on thought processes, and one yeah. of mine is I do think that we need to do a better job with puppies on teaching things about being more neutral in environments and around people instead of focusing too much on associating a positive association. I think if we create more of a neutral that it allows the dog to kind of create their own kind of thought process on it or their own feeling about it. Yeah. And, you know, not letting our dogs visit humans so much or have so many strangers petting the dog and touching the dog and talking to the dog. And, and I think that we just don't. And, and here's another thing is they've had dogs out and about in Ireland so much longer than we have where we don't have as many pet friendly places or pet friendly cities. So the dogs don't get an opportunity to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we just, you know, if we give them more opportunity, because I remember my Roddy, I mean, Tiba, I always go back to Tiba because she was the perfect dog. I did do positive association with people, but I took her everywhere and just kind of let her decide what she wanted to be. But for her, she loved people, but it wasn't something she had to go see because as she started to look like a Rottweiler in America, people stopped asking to pet her. Right. I mean, people are like, nope, I'm good. And it, I think that's what created her neutrality to be able just to handle whatever and big yeah. crowds. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, we just, we want to pet every dog and touch every dog and, and we need to learn to a little more respect. Yeah. And I think the puppies here, they're not, uh, we're focused on, oh, you're taking your puppy out. You're going to socialize it. You want it to see other dogs, see other people, touch, like, you don't want your dog to hate a certain type of person or be scared of a certain ethnicity or whatever. And it's like, why are we encouraging the greeting of humans? Like, honestly, if my dog hated everyone except for me, but was neutral about it, meaning not wanting, like, it's not seeking that attention. Right. I don't, I don't want other people touching my dog. And quite frankly, if you come up and try to pet my dog without me asking and he barks at you, I'd be yeah. like, thank you for letting me know some strangers approaching us. Absolutely. Because people need to understand neutrality doesn't mean negativity. Right. It it's means not, it's not one of the same. It's just like, okay, you're a part of my world, but Okay. Yeah. And the other aspect to that, which I have come to very much appreciate and wish that America was more so is their social life. The dog has more opportunities in the daily life to be neutral in a social environment. They don't necessarily have a ton of pet friendly pubs here, not in Galway, at least. There's one. There's one where dogs are allowed inside. Um. Which, again, that's the video I sent you earlier of just that black lab just standing there waiting for dad to finish a pint. <laughs> and he moseyed out and kind of checked in on all the tables just to sniff, but didn't want to be pets. There was a couple of people that, like, leaned down to offer a hand to, like, yeah. pet, and he backed up. And I didn't know. He's like, he no, just, just coming over to be nosy. And then he went back in the pub, and he's standing by his owner, and then his owner went to the bathroom. And so he was like, well, I can't go to the bathroom. So then he went behind the bar and got us a treat from the bartender and then dad's back and then they left. Like, so there's really only one pet friendly bar. So I'm like, okay, so it's not because everything's pet friendly because the dogs are better. They just take the dog everywhere. Like the dog learns from a small age. Yeah. We're just going to go have pints with friends. Like you could go to social hours, sit outside on a patio, 
and not interact with anyone. It's not the dog's yeah. social hour. It's the human social hour, but the dog gets to go along as long as the dog behaves. Yeah. And so the dogs end up learning that my companionship with the human gets more time with the human. Yeah. So, and their ability to stay neutral gets more time with their human. So I just, I, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, I wish we had a more social society, but instead we're focused on working. It's a big, yeah. Your big difference is doing dinner, doing this. Like it's work, 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 work. Ireland is about living and I work to live. I don't live to work. Correct. In America, we live to work. Yeah. And And then you have your one social outing on the weekend, if you're lucky, where you get together with your friends. And the last thing you want to do is bring your dog because then you have to work on training your dog. And it's like, but if you just did that for an hour every day, went and had a drink with a friend or an appetizer if you don't drink, but like you just go out and be social for an hour and then it's on the weekends you don't even know that it's the weekend because you're already socializing every day during the week so it's not like well i'm gonna go out on the weekend and go on a bender and Uh, you know what i mean like you don't have to plan for a weekend out with your friends right because it's just very social well the Um, weather is so much better though so that's not fair because Here? the weather there is, as far as temperature-wise, is more conducive to, like, taking dogs. Nah, not really. I mean, it gets no cold thing. and rainy. Well, yeah, but still, like, you don't, it's better than 108 degrees. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did take Myers with me on Sunday. I went to the gym and worked out and listened to a little bit of the football game. And I was like, I'm going to come back and get Myers, and, and we're going to go watch, finish watching the game somewhere on a patio. And he and I ended up at a patio to watch the end of the fourth quarter. And I was sitting there by myself with him. And he's really good. He's, he didn't really want to lay down and chill as well as he normally does. Yeah. Um, but he didn't want to go say hi to the people. But he was okay if anybody asked to pet him, he'd take it. My problem was I needed to go inside the bathroom because I was about to pop. And my boy has a problem not seeing me. If someone he knows isn't there. (laughs) I had to ask a lady that worked there. Can you please just feed my dog treats and love on him while I run to the bathroom? Literally, I'm running to the bathroom. Um, It got so bad as I went in to run stall. I was trying to hurry so much because his bark is so high pitched. I was like, I'm going to run in here so fast. I went into one stall, went and sat down. There was no toilet paper. Got up. Didn't pull the pants all the way up. Running out of the stall into the other <laughs> stall. The door opens. I hear a lady go, oh, so sorry. I was like, no, don't worry. We all got the same parts. And then I ran out there and there were three women leaning down loving all over him. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was actually having an issue or not. But it's like that moment. I was like, what do I do with him knowing that we've not practiced? Because we don't have the opportunities to practice. You staying like in a restaurant like this while I run to the restroom with nobody else around. Right. And, and I think we need to, to do a better job at looking at those type of things and not so much at socialization, but a, you just chill. This is what we do here. But like, yeah. you know, we did the same thing with Isabella and Isabella went into her first restaurant in North Carolina. Wasn't pet friendly, but it was raining and the patio was closed. So they let her come in mm-hmm. and, she hasn't been on a patio in a long time. Uh, it, she's never been inside of a restaurant. And she did phenomenal. And that's yeah. because she just kind of like knows that when we're somewhere. And being a black dog, not many people would ask to pet her either out in public. So she's kind of learned that people don't bother you as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are a lot of dogs like the Doodles, um, the Pit Bulls, that people see and they're like, oh, my God, I have to pet you. And so, you know, you don't see that as much with some of the, you know, other dogs. So I don't know. I just think I was thinking about that, that I think Myers is fairly neutral in those moments. He doesn't have to go say hi to people. And he doesn't even get his feelings hurt if you don't even look at him, which I like. But then I'm like, well, shit, I can't go pee by myself. What am I going to do? I'm about to pop here. So, yeah, I just went right down. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, no, we were just talking neutrality. But then that. I'll circle it back to when you're talking about the canine good citizen test. 
Yes. And uh, I haven't looked at the description of that test in a long time, but I know the biggest problem we have with it is that your dog has to accept being pet. Um, And I was thinking like, okay, people think, oh, my dog's not a good citizen if it doesn't have this, but it doesn't need it. But I think it could be used for someone if they just want to like ease their inner anxiety as far as like, oh, is my dog good enough to go out and and do it? Okay, yeah, sure. If it can accept a pet from a stranger, it's fine. Or I think there should be a subclause in the exam that says when they come up and say, can I pet your dog? The person says, no, you may not. Okay. Yep. Because I, especially this day and age when we have a new virus every week, I don't want everyone's germs on my dog. First of all, no. it, ha- it no. usually has nothing to do with my dog. It has everything to do with, I do not want you touching my dog. Right. Yeah. Because my dog then sleeps in bed with me at night. Right. I don't want your well, dog germs with me. And well, so also I was just personal like. personal space too. Like if, if you have a human that's coming into your dog's space, more than likely they're going to be in your space. And not every human mm-hmm. that has a friendly dog wants you right in in their space yeah yeah and and then i think the other aspect that i had written down that maybe the test will prove that your dog is neutral in most like it, it's i don't even like the setting because it's a lot of the times it's people at petsmart doing it and it's like that's not a natural environment right your dog could be conditioned to okay this is training this is what's going to happen this is fine i know this trainer and then you can go out in a park, do the same test, and your dog fails it. Exactly, because at um, that point, you're only training. You can't To test where you train is not appropriate. Right. If you're doing training classes, that's not where you need to certify. You need to, to take the test in a neutral environment yeah. to ensure that your dog really can do it. Otherwise, your dog's just learning routine mm-hmm. and environmental cues being that area, that building, that room, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I think I, I really liked when you touched on how um, it, it's more about the human. We need to stop taking so much pressure off the dog, like especially with the agility or obedience trials. It's like, no, it's you getting the ribbon. You, It's a hobby that you have. Does your dog love it? Probably loves the fact that it's pleasing you more than it loves running the course and doing the things. But um, yeah, I was like the, the relationship that you have with your dog is really in the end, what allows for their confidence and neutrality given it doesn't have any messed up genetics, which is also a factor as we know. A huge factor. Yep. But again, if it has messed up genetics and this, that, and the other thing, you probably won't have that super strong bond because it won't have the ability to bond well, because it'll be so like there's dogs that are so neurotic that you're they're just like, I don't know who to trust, what to trust. Well, like and then they it's can't create a secure attachment. I mean, right. It, they don't have the they don't have the capacity to function that way. And, and that's not their fault. Sometimes it's trauma. And it's like I was thinking with like Myers. This is the first time because Britain and. Isabella has been gone since Saturday and it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This is the first time since Myers has been born that he has been consistently without another dog in his life. Yeah. And so I was like, so it's funny cause I posted on Instagram yesterday about stay in real life stay that 95% of the stays that you do are not with you being out of sight. Um, and then here I am, I need to go out of sight <laughs> at the bathroom and I, I was like, he ain't going to stay because we never practice that because we don't go out alone typically. But I was, I was thinking he has, because he was taken from his mom and didn't know who his mom was and didn't have that, that ability to create that secure attachment. I have to realize that I am still dealing with trauma with that Mm -hmm. and that him getting up every morning and running and looking for Isabella and Britt or being home he has been home without another dog before, but for an extended period of time, waking up, going to bed, waking up, going to bed, I wasn't sure how he was going to be until it kind of dawned on me. I was like, 
wait a minute, he's never had this. How is he going to adjust? And I will tell you, y'all, I'm going to say this out loud. He, he's a better dog without Brent and Isabella here. Yeah. He and I have had a really nice time, good connection. We've just had fun. He has not been nearly as worked up. So Isabella feeds into that. And then he has a little buddy, right? And he's like, I'm going to get jacked up. So it's like, it's really been, it's really been interesting watching him, knowing his history and knowing the trauma and then seeing how he's adjusting to this. And I haven't left him alone much, but it's just been really interesting for him. Uh, but then I'm thinking, if I have a dog who is neutral, is that going to make things a little more challenging if I do need to put him in a stay to walk away? See, I'm just going down a little rabbit hole right there in my own mm -hmm. little brain there. But that's why we do these things. We do these things so we can talk about it and think about it and learn better ways and figure out better ways. But see, like if I could have just let him roam that, um, that little fenced-in area off leash, he would have been fine. He mm -hmm. would have sat at the door, he would have waited for me, and he had been fine. But because he was tethered, then we had a different little ball game there. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I was just thinking... Sounds that, like you and Myers need to take a um, more daily outings. I, I know, I and he just really likes the one-on-one -on -one time he's getting with you. I think he does too. And, and you know, we used to do it a lot when the weather was better. It's just been really bad this year. Um, yeah. I'm ready for it to get nicer, so I can start taking him more places because he does enjoy it. Now he still hates my car, and it finally dawned on me: it's not the wind. Um, it's, it's because my car is loud and it sits low to the ground. And so when it hits things, it's tires, I mean, my tires hit something or a bumpy road, our roads are not always great. It's so loud. And because of his sound sensitivity, he's like, I don't want to be in your car so I can get him in it. And we go somewhere and getting him back in it to get home. He's like, nope, nope. He, he's like, he was trying to back out of his harness. And oh, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but this is where we have to go to get home. Yeah. I'm not, I can't take the truck everywhere. I love the truck, but I can't take the truck everywhere, especially when it was such a nice day. I want to have the top down. He's riding great. He's helping, got heads up. He's hanging in the wind. But yeah, it's, it's fun if when you separate the dogs, and I encourage people to do that. If you have multiple dog households, do some individual things with them and, and, and give them that one-on-one -on -one time so that they don't have to be so concerned about the other dog or what the other dog's doing or the cats or the other person or, you know, just give them that one-on-one -on -one time. It can, I think, really make a difference. And we'll see, we'll see when Britt gets back what things look like on Friday. Uh, <laughs> see if he, like, no longer wants to hang out with me or, like, last night he crawled under the covers and he did not move. He slept all night under the covers. I was like, damn, dude, that was a good night's sleep right there. So, right. I don't know. It's been nice. Maybe, I think we just need a vacation home so he and I can go, like, live somewhere else when they're here. And then vice versa. They can go. We just got to get a camper. That's it. Yeah. We're just, we got to get I that camper. So you need that RV. I do. I'm telling you, it's the way to do it. All right. So, what else did you get over there um, on your list? Um, no, the only other bullet point I have is when you touched on asking for behaviors and how it could be a routine or choreography instead of behaviors for dogs. And then that put me down the rabbit hole of people ask their dog to sit or to down or to do whatever. And it's, I, I, I wanted to make a comment and say, I think the most underutilized behavior that the dog already does is a standing stay because how often do we just think oh they need to be in a down stay or oh well why do they so i have this bullet point that's like why are you asking for certain behaviors why does the dog need to be in a down why does it why can't it just stand there why can't you yeah. just say stay or just yeah but and, and the one that that gets me is when people think their dog needs to sit. And we were guilty of that growing up, thinking that if you ask your dog to sit before crossing the street, well, then maybe if it gets out, it'll sit at the end of your driveway and just <laughs> wait for you to yeah. give it permission to cross the street. Yeah. But but even so, if you don't it. give it permission to, or if you don't do the same thing crossing any threshold, 
It's not just going to magically happen. No, your so, dog's not just going to go out by themselves, sit at the stop sign, look both ways, and walk across the street. They're not going to because you didn't cue the sit or you weren't there or the leash isn't there. That's where we have those environmental cues that make things very dangerous. Yeah. If, if we're always, or not just environmental cue, but a verbal cue, instead of teaching how to deal with this, in a stand is just fine. Mm-hmm. Right, and you stand. You let the dog look at the look at the you know both ways as well, and then they can see the areas clear as you're walking, and the dogs will start to see that, and notice that, mm-hmm. or even yeah. just in a real life situation around the house, people underutilize the dog just staying back. So my example is in the kitchen. I know we've worked a lot with some dogs on doing place in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more so, it's you don't even necessarily need a place. Like if you want to go to your place, that's fine. But I'm just going to reward you for staying back. And you can choose to do whatever you want. You want to stand there? Great. Here's a treat. You want to lay down? Excellent. Here's a treat. You want to go in the other room? Sweet. Go have a bone. Like, it's. I think people get so caught up in the legalities of, okay, my dog needs to be in a down state in the kitchen while I'm cooking so that it doesn't eat anything off the counter. Okay, well, what happens when the dog's walking around? Like, exactly. Is it just going to wait for that cue? Because people have asked me all the time, how does Clark have such self-control? Like, I can have food, treats, bones out on a counter, low or high, and he just stands there. And it's like, because that was never rewarding to him. Yeah, He was always in the kitchen with me. I was rewarding him for staying back, for just being there, for quite frankly, just being there with me and not putting your nose on the counter or not putting your feet more so on the counter or, um, and for safety, if the stove is on, it's hot. If the oven opens back up, it's hot. Yep. Pulling the tray out. Oh, there's cookies on it. I'm like, that's hot. And it, I put the cookie tray right on the end of the counter one day. And I was like, does he really know what hot means? So I was like, that's hot back up. And he curiosity got him and he went to sniff. <laughs> really quick once his nose touched it and I was like he knows what hot means now yeah and he's never gonna do that again so and yeah. again it was, it was one of those scenarios where it was set up I'm like he's not really gonna hurt himself he's not even right. gonna get if his nose touches the tray it's not even gonna touch it long enough for it to burn him right but it's it's just one of those where he's with me you're allowed to be with me I've given you directional cues if you choose to get your nose too close well you're gonna learn quickly and well, and I think a lot of people look at that and go, well, how, why would you set your dog up for failure? And I get this, these questions a lot. Here's the way I see this one. I think that when you've worked on capturing behavior on what they're supposed to do in an environment, then I think that at some point you do have to give them agency over it. And you can still say, hey, buddy, that's hot. But instead of going running over there and pushing him away he's like well yeah i know you've you've told me that and i've been rewarded for not doing it but i just need to check myself right so we're not really mm-hmm. even setting the dog up for failure we gave them an option we've communicated to them something we've done over and over again but as sometimes they do have to make that choice as long as it's safe obviously mm-hmm. i think it's it's great that we need to do that so that they can learn to make those decisions without us standing there yeah. Right. So trash can I mean, is the best one. Yeah, exactly. That, one, that one's my favorite. I, I tell my puppy people this, the, that's what I consider setting them up for successful failure. Like they're going to want what's in the trash. So you're going to reward them for not sniffing in the trash for not getting in the trash and then give them the option. And eventually they won't do it because it's, it's not rewarding anymore. Exactly. Being around the trash is fine. Now, don't leave them in a room if you've only worked on that once because they're still going to get in the trash. <laughs> they're totally getting in the trash and they're going to tear it up. So don't yeah. set them up for failure unintentionally. It has to be very intentional. If you're, yes, if you're trying something to, you need to work on. And they have to know, the dog has to know the, op, the both options. If the dog is not yep. aware of both options, then you're just failing everyone. Absolutely. It's like, it's like teaching them to pre- be prepared for a test. Yeah. Right. And it's like you're teaching, teaching, teaching. And then now here's the test. The garbage is open. 
I'm going to go, you know, stand a few feet away, do something else. And I'm not going to say a word and we're going to test to see what you've learned. Um, but again, if a dog, a lot of times we have to allow dogs to try things to see if it's rewarding or not. Now, obviously getting into a trash can be more rewarding than a lot of treats that people feed. Um, so I think we have to be very intentional in what we're putting in the trash can when we're working on this, but as well, we have to make sure that we're giving good rewards um, yeah. and high rewards. And I think that people spend too much time trying to focus on that obedience. Well, if I teach him to place, he can't, he won't get in the kitchen or he won't get on the counter. He won't get in the trash can. Well, yeah, probably not if he knows place and it's solid, but I prefer to capture behavior in and around the house. So right. if your dog's in the kitchen, don't wait until they counter surf before you start working on it. If you have a golden retriever puppy, you know that some bitch is going to get big enough to put four to put four paws to put two paws, which I don't know. I've seen four paws go up on it. Before. Two paws on a counter, then start as a puppy teaching them four on the floor in the kitchen, around the kitchen, around the kitchen table, around the dining room table, wherever you put food, wherever you keep snacks. If you have a pantry and that's where you keep dog food, start in the beginning teaching them what behavior is okay around these areas. And that can be something as simple as what you said, fucking just standing there. Yeah. Like, why do we have to have movement, right? So, and I go back to Myers and I on Sunday because he and I don't get as much of a chance right now to do a lot. I told him place and he is 99% of the time great at place. Mm -hmm. He was struggling on place on Sunday. <laughs> um, it was a little warm. I did have the, the, the thicker mat. So I was like, all right, buddy, you know what? If you just want to lay down on the concrete, that's fine. And I just was, was like, okay, down. And he just, he couldn't do it. He couldn't. He was just like, can't do it. He's looking everywhere. And I think there's a part of him that thought maybe we were going to go see Isabella and Brent. Mm. Because we've done that before where we've met them up somewhere like at the park or something. And so I'm thinking maybe part of it was that, but I was like, you know, I don't ask him to lay down often. Usually place is what I use. I never really use sit. And I was like, I need to start practicing down for those moments that I don't have a place and I just need him to lay down because standing is either not appropriate in this situation. And then it ended up to where we were sitting. Some people left and I was like, dude, I don't care if you stand. I've, I've hooked the leash around the, the table leg. Yeah. I'm just going to let you move around as much as you want. There's nobody out here. If, if you're, you know, if you're too far out, I'll shorten it up or I'll just bring you back. But I don't care if you just want to stand there and look around. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But it's like in my mind, in that first moment, I was like, he needs to listen to me because I'm in public. I do this for a living. I was not wearing anything that said I did this for a living. I was wearing my Titans gear. Well, that's when you can pull the, oh, this isn't my dog. I'm just training him. <laughs> oh, he's such a, he's just such a puppy. <laughs> he's six months old. He looks like he's six months old. He's then going he through a, a phase. Very well trained. Um, and actually the thing is, is that everybody that looked at him thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. But because I couldn't get his ass to lay down when I asked him, I was like, son of a bitch. I, and then of course people came over and was like, oh yeah, I have a little doodle. Um, she's at boarding camp. I was like, oh, really? Where? <laughs> it was Why? a positive. It was a positive one, thank goodness. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, good luck with that, doodle. But, I mean, even in my mind as I preach it, I was sitting there in that moment going, you, you're, you need to lay your ass down right now because I'm asking you to lay down. And I need you to lay down because mm -hmm. the Titans are playing like shit and I need you to lay down. And honestly, it wasn't about him at all. It yeah. was about me in that moment needing to control something <laughs> because I couldn't control the game. Right. I couldn't control the 20 flies that were around my table. And y'all, if y'all, one, here's a little tidbit about Nikki. I fucking hate flies <laughs> with a passion, like a passion. If I hear one in the house, I will go insane trying to find it to kill it, or I will leave and instruct Britt to call me when she kills it, and I'll come home. I hate flies. So, yeah, sitting on a patio, I was, I was like, all these flies, can't control them. They're all my food. Pisses me off. Uh, can't control the game. Tides are playing like shit. 
um, I drove around waiting too long to find a place to eat. Didn't want to eat here. It's not my favorite place to eat, but it's the only patio. And then I was just like, I just need you to fucking lay down. No. And I really, and I didn't need him to. He didn't get in trouble by any stretch of the imagination. By the, when we were done, we walked over to the pet store and bought him like five little chew bones. So, which, because the ones I took, he didn't want to chew on. So I went and got new ones. But I was just like, what was that really about? And it was about me. Yeah. It was about me and my frustration and, and just in that moment and not even frustrated with him. And I, and I finally caught myself. I was like, ah, whatever, dude, do what you want. As long as you're not bothering anybody, you're quiet, you're not in yeah. the way, it's fine. It's fine. And so I think that's what happens to a lot of people because we also, it gets drilled in our head. Your dog has to do X, Y, and Z in order to be considered trained or to be in public or whatever. And, yeah. and I, I do believe that comes majority from aversive trainers yeah. that are that are wanting that control because they can't control anything else in their life they're like i'm gonna control this and if you don't listen to me i'm gonna do this it's like i watched this one um this one person who said that they were a trainer um and i watched some of their videos because i had been they had reached out about being on well they did not reach out personally but about being on the podcast and uh, I was like, all right, I'm, I'll, I'm all about having other trainers on the podcast. Let me go see their stuff. And um, as I watched her, one of her videos said, this is um, teaching a dog a real sit. And it was a boxer. And I watched her basically tell the dog to sit and then proceed to push that little button on that remote control that is attached to that collar until the dog went next to her, touched her leg with his side and sat. And then she stopped shocking. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Are we, are we being serious here? Yeah. Who is that for? And that's why it's just that whole ego thing. Um, oh, and speaking of ego thing, y'all, we have a new artwork and we're putting a new shirt out. Um, I'll post on Instagram soon. That is love your dog more than your ego. Yeah. Right. And, and in that moment on Sunday, I had that moment. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who I was. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty recognizable and people remember me and the area I was in is the area I grew up in. So sometimes you run into people. But in that moment, I was like, I don't, it, this is not about me right now. He has had a rough day. This is the first time he's been without his, his sister, without any other dog, you know, without Brett, a change in the environment, change in the household. Okay. I, I just got to give him a break. This isn't about me in that moment. Yeah. I had a come to Jesus meeting with myself. Good. Over a beer on Sometimes, sunday so. maybe that's maybe that's the the issue and that's the the success rate here in, in Galway. all the pints they're letting their dogs be dogs like that, oh i thought it was they were problem pub. solving over pints no i'm getting there there's okay. the guy at the pub with the dog he didn't give a single damn what that dog was doing he never asked for the dog to lay down. The dog was just there chilling. The dog was just being a dog. He well, I think it's because the other people be didn't mind either. Because I think a part of us go, well, I don't want to bother anyone else. Well, I'm sorry. Then don't pay attention to my dog. Like, that's, Wait, your dog standing there shouldn't bother anyone else. Well, I mean, if he's walking right. up to other tables and being like, hi. But he didn't, though. He, he, he stood far enough away that he wasn't really bothered. Okay. Like, you didn't okay. like dogs. He wasn't encroaching on your space. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Because like, I think a lot of people think about that. I have to control my yeah. dog so I don't piss anybody else off. Just like when I tell people, you need to, you know, this be better off with this dog wearing a muzzle right now. Well, I don't want other people to be afraid of my dog. Why are you so worried about other people? Uh, like, honestly, I, I think that's, again, an ego check. Why are yeah. you worrying about judgment from other people instead of doing what's best for you and your that dog? Are you really worried that they're that your dog's going to get his feelings hurt because they're going to think the dog's aggressive? I right. mean, no, no, your dog's going to have more not, freedom. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and, and we do that with everything. I mean, it's yeah. it, it does come back on us. But yeah, maybe the pints are what make everyone more relaxed here. I think so. 
<laughs> we totally just like oh the dogs can be dogs and it's like oh that, that that dog's being a good boy even though it's just standing there like a dog and <laughs> no one cares all right as so long as you're not bothering other people no one cares but that goes that we, for humans too yes absolutely when we need to open up a place here and we'll call it pups and pints and we'll make it TM, guys. Pups and Pints. TM. Called it. It's there. It's out in the universe. It's mine. Pups and Pints. And we need to have it to where we have that dog park with the bar. So that you can have the pups and the pints and hang I don't out. Even want the, I don't even want the dog park. I don't, I don't think Well, I mean, that. not a dog park, but I mean a place where they can I roam think... for free while you're having drinks, right? Oh, no. See, I would go the opposite. I would really? go that, yeah, I would have enough tables, far enough space to park. That no one feels like they're on top of each other, so your dog can be with you. Yo, because yeah, we, we already have too. too we already have too many freaking dog parks and day, doggy daycare. Like you like you think that people that are gonna let their dog come play in the dog park don't already take their dog to doggy daycare at least once a week or yeah, the dog probably. park twice a week? You know they yeah. don't need another dog on dog socialization event. Not every freaking day. Not every freaking week. Um, they don't need to go play fetch for 45 minutes. Y'all, please stop playing fetch for 45 minutes. Stop playing fetch for 30 minutes. Stop playing fetch for 20 minutes. Keep fetch down to like five to 10 minutes, period, with some breaks in between so we don't create OCD. Yeah. If that can and, happen. But no, I think I think Pups and Pint, we get a nice big outdoor place, um, slab of concrete that's covered, kind of like the tailgate. Yeah. Um, place. Yeah, tailgate brewery, um, yeah do that tables enough tables space apart so you're not encroaching on anyone and you can get to it from all angles so you don't have to walk through a crowd to get to your that. table have like the little instead of purse hooks have like leash hooks that you can carabiner the leashes to and if your dog wants to roam around your table fine but it's not going to be close enough to anyone for them to encroach on someone else and Wouldn't it be nice to have a small area, though, that you can rent, like a VIP booth that has um, a small section that is all off-leash, but you're enclosed, so if you and your buddy, so like me, you, uh, with Clark. No, and, stay and, at home. No, like it's a little VIP section, so then you're going to have like two or three dogs, maybe like that's a max, so like if it's a group. That way those dogs can be loose. It's like being in our backyard, but we're out somewhere. But it's just no, one little okay. section. If, if I'm out somewhere, I want to work on dog neutrality, not playing with your friends. Well, then that's what, then you wouldn't rent the VIP booth at that moment. Then you would just go sit at a regular table. Right. We don't need, we, we don't I like need the VIP booth because I'm making money off this shit. Yeah, but that's also a lawsuit. How is that? No. Because you allow for the off-leash behavior. Yes, but it's for, but it would be for. A group of dogs already know each other. Right? Yeah, but it's you don't like, know. You don't know if they know each other. Well, no, they would have to. You'd have to like rent it, like a. You have to rent the booth, right? It'd be like we're renting the VIP booth for a uh, for four humans and three dogs, and you get it for like two hours. So it's just those four humans and those two dogs in that VIP booth. Nah. Because maybe we don't want to have to worry about our dogs just laying down, right? Maybe we want to let them play a little, and then after they play, and then after they play at the VIP booth, then they get to come over, and then y'all can go sit at a regular table where they lay down at a regular table. But then that's counterintuitive. I'm brilliant. I am brilliant. No, that's counterintuitive to you saying a tired dog is a happy dog because we don't like that saying. So why can't your dog just go lay down? Why does it need to play first? Well, because we're playing. No, we're we're just getting. We're, oh, we're playing. You know we're playing. We're sitting there gabbing, having a good time. Why can't my dogs have a good time? They would have a good time sitting gabbing too. They don't need No, to be they wouldn't. They'd be sitting there looking at each other. Myers would be like, I want to hump you. Because you're, you're, my, you're my brother. But we're in public. That's not appropriate. Save that for the backyard. <laughs> Any investors out there, shoot us up. Hit us up on an email for an investment. We're going to open up. Pups and pints. No, but but here's my thing. Pups and pints. And then instead of having an actual bar, we bring in different bar carts. Like you can get a coffee cart. You can get a booze cart. You could get the ice cream. You could get a food truck coming in. Like you, all we need is a little bit of land and a slab of concrete. <laughs> Someone just 
just give me 10 grand and I'll triple it in two days. I'm going to go play the lottery again. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to win Saturday night, but I forgot to buy a ticket. Ah, oh, shoot. So, yeah, that's okay. I bought one for Wednesday and I didn't win that one because it was Saturday night that I was supposed to win, but I forgot to buy a ticket. So I'm manifesting it. I will buy it um, and we'll, we'll open that up. And we'll yeah. have two sections of Pups and Pints because we'll put Amanda's section over to the far east. But the, the purpose of it would be to get the, like our, our dogs around town, to be able to sit at a yeah. patio. And it's Absolutely. like a practice place. I mean, it can be a fun place that regulars come to, but it can also be a good practice place. Absolutely. And if you want a dog park, go to the dog park. Well, I mean, I don't think that we need to have to wear like 25 dogs are off leash, off leash and loose. No, I mean, just like, you know, if you're outside, if you're not in the VIP section, your dog has to be at your table. I guess if you want a VIP section, you would have to pay for it and you'd have to sign a waiver. Oh, yeah. You know that your dogs are good and absolutely together, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. And you pay for it for the couple hours. And on top of that, you still have to buy your food and your drink. Yeah. See, I'm a, this is, see, this is my Friday night socials I used to do, mm-hmm. but it was like an off leash dog park with alcohol. <laughs> Which All right. So we're not doing the dog park. Okay. I mean, there, but here's the thing is that I do think it is appropriate for dogs to socialize with each other if that's something that they enjoy, but it does need to be more controlled and they need to have the, the right partners and better um, partners um, than just anybody. I just, where did your face just go? Well, we'll just wrap it up right there. Um, Anyway, I thought that was a really good conversation today, but we've lost her. I don't know if she's coming back. Uh, But bottom line is, guys, is that think about what you want from your dog. Think about how you want your dog to be. What kind of lifestyle do you want your dog to live? What are the rules in the house? What do you want from your dog? There are no set standards that says your dog has to do X, Y, and Z in order to be trained. It's all personal preference on what you think the dog needs to do for you and your lifestyle. So be thinking about that. And I think that maybe one of our next episodes will talk about creating neutrality in the environment so that your dog is not so distracted. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. Make sure that you are following us on all social media outlets so that you know what's happening. We have some online Uh, classes coming up for our reactive dogs so please check that out and if you're local we have our nose work classes coming up in the next month so be sure you check out the website for all of that we love you guys we miss you guys um we'd love to hear from you we we um now that people are back in school and all that good stuff shoot us some emails let us know how your summer went let us know how things are going let us know what you want to hear on the podcast Um, and we do have some listener questions we will get to next week so just hang in there with us And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And uh, go Gators.